What's up, everybody? We've finally reached the end of the work week. Hopefully, you guys, even out there in the West Coast, are close to the end of your your shift uh, for your weekly work schedule. Uh, but if not, get through it quick. Maybe you have something to listen to in today's podcast. Uh, but it is December 3rd, a little after 4 p.m. on the East Coast. We are heading into week 13 of the NFL football season. A lot of good matchups this week, not in terms of uh, obvious winners or obvious losers, but some divisional games, uh, some some teams that are pretty good going on the road against a relatively worse team compared to the team that is going on the road. Uh, but for all the new listeners out there, I am Cole Haight. This is the All In Man Cave podcast. We are going to do our preview segment today sorry our preview podcast today like we do every Friday going into week 13 all the games on the Sunday slate including Monday night as well and my picks against the spread and also in terms of over under so strap in let's get ready Uh, and we are going to start out in Chicago first game we're going to do is the Cardinals at the Chicago Bears Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins going to make their return this week Cardinals offense is going to look better than it has even without them. Uh, they've the Cardinals offense has looked pretty good. Colt McCoy going two and one uh, in the absence of Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Both of them have missed the past three weeks, so it's going to be a very different team that we're going to see uh, in terms of the the dynamic of that football team with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back. Even though the backups have been doing well. The Cardinals are great on the road this year, 6-0, and uh, starting from the beginning of the season. Uh, they've got nine wins, six of them coming on the road. It's a very good record, uh, and not many teams do that on the road, especially in prime time, especially within the division, which the Cardinals have been doing all season. So I'm not expecting much from the Bears here. They've struggled, struggled on defense. Their, their strength was their defense coming into the season. It looks like they're going to take a little – the defense has taken a little bit of a backseat based on the fact that the offense can't get going for multiple reasons. Number one reason is they can't run the football – effectively uh, even with the return of David Montgomery their pass catching wide receivers and tight ends have not been able to get open down the field and if it wasn't them not getting open down the field it's probably the quarterback situation and in Justin Fields and in Andy Dalton who both haven't wowed anyone uh, in terms of finding open receivers finding their playmakers in Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney in Cole Komet so uh, they've been taking a back seat. It, it's it all the the Chicago Bears are basically going to come down to the development of Justin Fields and how fast it goes. Because Andy Dalton is going to be Andy Dalton. He's going to be your average quarterback, win you a few games, lose you a few games, similar to that middle of the pack Kirk Cousins type quarterback. But he's not going to win you big games. Justin Fields' development, as fast as it'll go, that's as long as it'll take for the Bears to be relevant. Uh, so the pick is in. I'm going with the Cardinals minus 7.5. That line might change. It might go a little bit up based on what I'm seeing on the blogs online. However, uh, I'm going to stick with it right here. It is Friday. I'm going with minus 7.5 for the Cardinals. And I'm going with the over of 43.5. Uh, I'm thinking the Cardinals score a decent amount of that That spread there at 43 and a half I'm thinking the Cardinals score like 34 so all I need is 10 from the from the Bears which I think is very very capable uh, and very probable uh, based on the fact that the Arizona defense has had a few holes as of late and with Justin Fields legs uh, and or him able to find his tight end down the middle of the field they will should be able to score at least 10 points 
Next on the list, the Bucks are at the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons' defense is horrendous, and, and they've been horrendous for the last few weeks. Uh, not really much of anything in terms of the, the statistic-wise, it's not really jump off the page terrible, but they've they've given up a decent amount of big plays. Their pass rush hasn't been as good, and and their offensive line is not giving Matt Ryan enough time to throw the football. All of that without Calvin Ridley and a lot of games without Cordero Patterson equals what the Falcons are this season. Uh, but what I want to look at is the Bucks secondary and their pass rush against this Atlanta Falcons team. Now, this is one of those games. I talked about it a little bit before. It's a divisional game where the top person in the division, top person, the top team in the division is playing a team in the bottom, more bottom tier. But these games always tend to be close. And, and even for teams that are a lot worse than the teams that are on the road, if the home team is the worst team, they have the crowd. They have the home field advantage. This is going to be something I bring up multiple times on this podcast, but I don't think that there's a chance that that the Bucks blow them out here. I think it's going to be a lot closer of a game, and I think it's going to be closer to a shootout-type game where Matt Ryan can keep up as long as his playmakers are making plays and they can run the football, which with Cordero Patterson you can do. So I think this is going to be closer than people think. Tom Brady trying to prove that he's still a MVP type player. This is going to be a good game to watch compared to a lot of people who are saying it's not going to be a good game. Uh, but the pick is in. I'm going with the Falcons plus 11. 11 is a lot. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers cannot cover a spread, especially on the road. Uh, last time they tried to cover a spread on the road, they lost by 10 to the Washington football team. The, the Falcons are in that group or in that pack of teams. So I'm thinking that this game's going to be pretty close. But I'm also going to go with the over of 50 and a half. There, there's no way, there's no way that that game ends up being under. And to be quite honest with you, I can see it going way over, maybe closer to 60. Next game on the list, the Chargers are at the Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati Playmakers versus the LA Chargers secondary. I feel like I talk about the Chargers secondary every week, uh, but it needs to be brought up considering they are absolutely horrible. They gave up a lot of big plays to Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos last week. Their offense could not find any type of anything. Uh, Justin Herbert threw a horrible pick six to Patrick Sertan last week. It, it, it seems like the Chargers are the biggest hit or miss team on the slate every week. Uh, they had a piss poor performance against the Vikings a few weeks ago. They came out looking good against Pittsburgh Steelers. And then last week, take, take another L uh, against a division rival in which that's probably the most competitive division in the league right now, the AFC West. So I listen, is Herbert going to have a good or bad day? Uh, running the football more may help him. They don't run the football that effective with Austin Eckler between the tackles. It's not a huge productive stat line that you look at week in and week out. Austin Eckler is basically there to catch the checkdowns and pass block on a few plays, and then they get a whole lot of weird run plays called. And I don't know if it's their new head coach. I don't know if it's Justin Herbert checking out of these plays, but their run plays look awkward. They, they don't look like they're planned. They don't look like they're blocking correctly. And it seems like a team that just wants to pass the football. And if you're just going to pass the ball, and a lot, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, uh, you're going to make mistakes. And the games are going to be highly one way or highly the other way. Either you're successful passing or you're not. There's not a, typically a lot of games where 
uh, between an, an intergame, I guess you could say, and I'm going to coin that phrase on the podcast as well, intergame, meaning within the same game, that, that people flip-flop. It doesn't. It doesn't really happen unless you get up by a lot, and then you therefore run the ball to try to run the timeout. But if the games are close, you don't flip your game plan uh, mid-game, and that's just something that I've noticed. Now, if that's happening and I'm not noticing it, kudos to them. But it, it, it's a problem. It's a problem for the Chargers, who basically want to just throw the football. And, and Justin Herbert's still developing, regardless of whether or not he's made huge strides forward. That's good, but he's still developing as a quarterback. So, uh, the pick is in. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the with the Bengals minus three here. I, I listen. The Bengals have looked good. They've looked good recently with Joe Mixon. Joe Burrow seems like he makes one bad throw or two bad throws a game, which is good considering a lot of other quarterbacks make a lot of more bad throws in a football game. Uh, and and based on the secondary that I mentioned before, their secondary is terrible. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, they're going to take advantage of that. It, it, this is going to be a pretty easy game for the Bengals as long as they can keep it under under wraps on the defensive side of the football. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Bengals minus three. Uh, but I'm going to go with the under of 50 and a half. I, listen, I don't think this game gets that high. I think the Bengals get up. I don't think the Chargers are able to figure it out. This game's going to be – I think the Chargers know their defense is bad, and I think their defense steps up this week specifically. But I'm seeing a 24-21 game here, and that's what I'm looking at. So I got to take the under. Next on the slate, the Colts are at the Texans. The Indianapolis Colts' run defense is surprisingly bad. And and it's probably a surprise for most of you listening out there for me to say that. Uh, but they gave up a lot on the ground to Leonard Fournette and the barely run the football Tampa Bay Bucks last week. Uh, very ironic, honestly, since uh, Carson Wentz is in a must win this week. Uh, but their run defense is horrible. Their their defensive backs are very good, and their linebacking core is very good, being the Indianapolis Colts, I mean. But... I think that the Texans are going to have to run the football at some point with David Johnson, uh, which was on my likes this week in fantasy football. I think they're going to be able to. They're going to have to run the football for Tyrod Taylor to be effective through the air. He's not a good drop back. I'm in the shotgun for three downs type quarterback. That's not the way Tyrod works. Maybe we get some RPO action. Maybe we get some. We get some sweeps. We get some trick plays. But I think that the run game is going to be. Very essential for the Texans to have any type of success against the defense. Also, the Colts play calling uh, during this last few game stretch with calling plays for Carson Wentz to look better, which I mentioned before as well, but it's ridiculous. Run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. If it takes 30 times, do it. He's a young player, but he's the best running back in this league by far right now. And the fact that he gets less than 20 rushes a game in any game is ridiculous. So the Texans are basically out of it. They have nothing to play for but to play spoiler. I'm going to say that again multiple times because it's that time of year uh, to bring in the spoiler teams that are completely out of the playoffs yet continue to come in and destroy the hopes and dreams of some football fans and some football teams. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Texans plus nine and a half. These division games are hard. It's really hard for me to see these division games shaken out by double digits. I know the Texans are bad, and I know their defense is bad, 
but Carson Wentz has the ability to also be bad. And, and I think that he's going to be bad enough for the Texans to cover. I think the Colts still win, uh, but maybe between four and six points, uh, not nine and a half. So I'm going with the Texans plus nine and a half, and I'm going with the over of 45. I have faith in the Texans to score 17 points. 17 points gets me a win. And the over. So I love the over more than I love the points. This game could go either way, but I love the over in this game for sure. Next on the docket, the Giants are at the Dolphins. Uh, The Dolphins can run the table and pretty easily. So they've got the Giants this week, very hit or miss team. They got the Jets next week, hit or miss team, but pretty bad. They got New Orleans, who looks horrible right now based on their big loss to the Dallas Cowboys with Taysom Hill throwing four interceptions. And then they've got Tennessee, who looks hit or miss as well, even though they're pretty up there in the standings right now. Uh, In the AFC, they just look like a completely different team without King Henry. And you don't know how that team's going to react moving forward through the rest of the season without him on that team. And then they end in New England, where New England is so hot right now, they might end up sitting people by that game. So it's very good possibility that the Dolphins go... They they could run the table, and 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 I have a bet with somebody in my bowling league, which I'm going to go to right after I'm done recording this podcast, which is every Friday night. But I have somebody in there. We made a bet, better more better record for the 2021 season. The Vikings or the Dolphins? I'm in trouble. Thank God it was only a twenty dollar bet, but I'm in trouble uh, because they're the Dolphins' defense right now looks like it should have all season. And right now, Tua is being the Tua that everyone expected. High completion percentage, shorter throws, bang, bang, accuracy is there. That's what everybody counted on when Tua was drafted. They counted on him being able to hit the short to intermediate routes with with awesome accuracy and complete a high percentage of his throws, which is what he's done in their four-game win streak. So, uh, listen, both defenses have stepped up recently, not to leave out the Giants, but the Giants gave up seven to the Eagles last week, and the Eagles were on a pretty good tear as of the last few weeks. With Jalen Hurts running the football, with them scoring over 30 points a game, the Giants put put a hammer on them last week. And listen, this this Dolphins team, it's not easy for them to run the football successfully this year. And they really don't have anything outside. They have Jalen Waddle in the slot and two tight ends. And Miles Gaskin, if you consider him a decent run threat. Like, this is not... this is The, the, the Giants defense is very underrated right now. They've been playing very well the last few weeks. So, listen, uh, uh, as much as I want to believe in the Giants, and my dad is a hardcore Giants fan, I, I'm not I'm not doing it. The, the pick is in. I'm going with the Dolphins minus four and a half here. They continue to roll... Brian Flores has got a grip on that defense. He's also, his offense is also doing very well right now. So it's hard for me to believe that they're losing to the Giants by less than, or they're they're losing this game at all. Better yet, losing by less than a touchdown. So I'm also going with the under of 41. I think the Dolphins just shut down Daniel Jones or shut down whoever the quarterback is since Daniel Jones has a mystery injury right now. Uh, but I, listen, I don't, I don't expect much. I don't expect much from the Giants offensively. And defensively, they're not going to be able to stop the Dolphins, I don't think, as much as they think they can. So I'm definitely going with the under. Next game on the list, the Vikings are at the Detroit Lions. Uh, The Vikings start life without Dalvin Cook for at least three weeks. We're going to see how that goes. We already have three players out of the football game. Dalvin Cook ruled out with the shoulder. Christian Darisaw 
ruled out with the left leg injury, as well as Cameron Bynum out as well. So that's three starters right there. Anthony Barr's been dinged up all week in practice, so it's going to be very interesting. The Lions are going to fight to the death, and I don't care what the line is in this game. I never, ever would have taken the Vikings minus any points in any football game that's minus more than one uh, because that is the only thing that I believe that the Vikings can win by on a regular basis. Uh, So I literally want to know how much the Detroit Lions want to fight for this season. Now, DeAndre Swift isn't going to be in there. Jared Goff loves him. It's a big part of their offense. But what are the Lions going to actually play for? And, like, what is where's their motivation at? I know Dan Campbell, very intense coach. I understand how intense he is. However, like, I don't understand. Like, what do you have to fight for? Where's your motivation as a professional football player with no wins and no chance of a playoff berth? What are you playing for? Your contract? Yeah, maybe a little. The fans? Yeah, probably a little more than a little. But some of these guys are back there. They're probably thinking, I don't understand why I'm even still playing here. What is happening? So that's the deal. And I don't – the defensive struggles for both teams have been immense, have been huge. The Vikings on defense are awful this season. And the Lions on off on defense have are awful as well. So this game has a very good potential to go over, and you would think that. Uh, but I've been tricked way too many times in these Lions games. So I'm going to do exactly what's going to win, and I'm going to give you guys the picks that are going to win. So here you go. The pick is in. I'm going with the Lions plus seven. I think the Vikings win this game, but typically by a field goal, as well as the under of 47, because these offenses won't figure it out, and the defenses will look better than expected, because they know each other a little more than every other team in the NFL. So there are my picks for that game, the Lions plus 7, and the under of 47. Next on the docket, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Jets. Uh, Jalen Hurts is hurt. Ironically enough, that's also his last name if you guys didn't catch that. So with with a hurt Jalen Hurts, I see this go, this game going a lot of different directions. However, it's probably going to come down to this. Can they run the football with their actual running backs? Because with Jalen Hurts with a dinged up ankle, it's going to be hard for him to do what he wants to do as a quarterback. It's going to be hard for Nick Sirianni, their head coach, to call the plays that would make it more successful for them moving through this football game. And we already know that Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball down the field. So if he didn't throw it with two strong ankles, he ain't going to do it with with one strong angle and one weak one. So... You can't expect much from Jalen Hurts in this game. I already put him on my dislikes list for fantasy this week. I know he's been helping out a lot of people in fantasy in some of these some of these year long leagues, but I, I don't see much coming out of this football game. And 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 the EK parlay named after my man Emmanuel Cadane, an Eagles fan out there. Uh, we both are not in on Jalen Hurts, and we weren't in on him with two strong ankles. There's no possible way that we're going to be in. On, we would be in on him on two non-strong ankles. I guess one strong one, one hurt one. So uh, he called it earlier this week. He said take the Jets plus the points. Um, I, I, it's very hard for me to take the Jets plus the points. Uh, the Jets playmakers and their defense, uh, not very good as of late anyways. The Michael Carter biggest hit. 
uh, for fantasy and for them in terms of drafting a rookie running back who's been very decent. But Zach Wilson hasn't looked very good. Their defense hasn't looked very good. Their playmakers aren't performing. There's a few games from Elijah Moore that looked promising, but that was with Mike White. Uh, or Josh Johnson in at quarterback. Uh, Corey Davis has been dinged up, and he's probably had the best connection with Zach Wilson so far, so let's see how he does in this game. Uh, But, uh, Emmanuel, you're out there. You're going to listen to this podcast. Uh, Dude, I'm not going against what we talked about. Uh, So the pick is in. We're going with the Jets plus seven here. Listen, uh, the Eagles' defense is good. Don't get me wrong, but I have way more questions about their offense than their defense. So this is going to be a very low-scoring game, similar to the game they played last week against the Giants. Uh, So I'm going with the Jets plus 7, and I'm going with the under of 44.5. This game, I don't think either team gets to 20. Uh, And if that's the case, I'm going to take my chances on the plus points versus the minus. It's just odds. It's literally just probability at this point uh, because this game could go either way. Next on the list, the Washington football team is at the Raiders. Uh, The the Las Vegas Raiders need a W to stay relevant in the AFC. And and they're 6-5. and So that says a lot about the teams in the middle of the AFC versus the teams in the middle of the NFC. There's, there's been a lot of monumental shifts in power between the NFC and AFC all season. I'm going to do a podcast on my divisional recaps from right when I started the podcast before the season started. Um, we're going to go through my picks and see what changed. Uh, that is coming next week. So we're gonna, I'm going to do that podcast. Great idea. Uh, that was proposed to me. So I'm going to do that next week in prob- probably our midweek podcast, maybe even our recap podcast. Uh, but it, th- they need a dub- the Raiders need to win this football game to stay even close to relevant in that wild card race. And the Washington defense and Taylor Heineke have really stepped up, and they are a big roadblock for the Raiders right now. Now, the Raiders did get a big win last week, a lot of help from the referees in that game. Now, the referees, both sides, both had 14 penalties. It was the most penalized game in NFL history with 28. So... It's weird, and the reason that the defense stepped up, I'm not sure what it is. It's never come out, but they've been good ever since Chase Young has been injured, which is very odd considering he's their best pass rusher, and he's an amazing player, which is odd. It's almost like they're playing for him, and Taylor Heineke's continuing to play for his job in these football games. They're in the seventh seed in the NFC right now, tied with the Vikings, tied with the Falcons, at five and six, but it's 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 wild how great they've played the last three weeks compared to the first eight. It's wild. It's wild how well they've played. They've beaten Tom Brady. They've beaten Cam Newton. They've beaten they've beaten a lot of good. I wouldn't say great teams, but they've beaten decent teams, including the Bucks. They made Tom Brady look like an amateur, and he's the he's the greatest of all time, right? So. It's interesting. Derek Carr's got to have to put the team on his back, though, for them to get this win. And I I think Derek Carr's a very underrated quarterback. I don't think he's gotten enough kudos for how well he's played amidst all the BS that they've went through, not just this season, but since he was drafted. They've gone through a lot of crap with the Raiders, and the Raiders organization is a, is a mess. So for him to stay there, for him to keep the fans, even have the fans move from Oakland to Vegas for them – Derek Carr has been a one piece of solidarity that Oakland Raiders slash Las Vegas Raider fans can hold on to. Uh, and I think he steps up in this game. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Raiders minus two and a half. 
I actually love that a lot more than a lot of people do. A lot of people are on the Washington bandwagon uh, trying to think that they're going to be uh, – it's going to be a very close game and or they're going to win a fourth game in a row. I don't see that happening. I think the Raiders' offense is pretty potent, even without Darren Waller. Uh, but there, it's going to be – all of it's going to have to be through the air with the worst part of the Washington football, def- Washington football team's defense is their secondary. Uh, so I think Derek Carr takes advantage of that. Uh, but the number here for the over-under is way too high. So I will. I'm a hundred percent going with the under of forty nine and a half. Next on the docket, the Ravens are at the Steelers. Uh, the Ravens' offense has looked bad the last few weeks. Now, one of those weeks was without Lamar Jackson. He missed the game due to his sickness, uh, and there was probably something else going on as well, based on the way he walked into the stadium when Tyler Huntley uh, won that vi- won that game against the Bears. But it, their offense is going to bounce back, and it's going to be this week. They have an opportunity to prove that they're in the talks or should be in the talks for the number one seed in the AFC. I love their offense, and and the only reason I kept them kind of out of the top of the the pyramids in the AFC is based on the way their defense played, especially at the beginning of the season. Uh, But their defense has stepped up the last few weeks, not giving up much. Their pass rush has been better. They've been playing better against the run. Uh, They're still not top of the pack against the run, but it's hard to dig yourself out of a 12-foot hole. Uh, It's really hard to do all in one day. So they're, they're making small strides towards getting better back to that Baltimore defense that we've been used to for at least a decade now. Strong, stern, and good against the run. Uh, But there's only one way the Steelers are going to win this game, Uh, and I don't think that they're going to be able to do it. I think they're going to have to feed Najee Harris, and he's going to have to have success all game. Ben Roethlisberger does not look good, like in general. He looks good in garbage time. That's about it. I encourage you guys to look at tape. If you guys could get Game Pass, anybody listening out there, get Game Pass, Go on YouTube TV, download YouTube videos of plays, consistent plays from Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh Steelers games this season. The only time he's able to have a high completion percentage and to put balls on wide receivers that are in the right spot for them to make the catch is in garbage time. That's it. Big Ben is done. Big Ben is done. He's not going to come back next season. If they bring him back next season, there's a huge organizational problem because they didn't even want to bring him back this year. He took a pay cut. They brought him back. Now you can see that he's not good, and you're still going to bring him back for another year? They need to make a huge change in that organization, and they don't need to make a change at head coach. Mike Tomlin is the man. Mike Tomlin is a great coach, great defensive coach, motivational guy. He he knows how to lead football teams. They just need a new quarterback. And it's, I don't think it's Dwayne Haskins, and I know it's not Mason Rudolph. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Ravens minus four. Listen, I don't see the Steelers anywhere within this. This is ridiculous. But you know what I do see? Big Ben throwing in garbage time, which he's going to be doing again for another week in a row. Uh, so I'm going with the over of 44. Love the over in that game. Love it. I think this the Ravens come out hot. Steelers try and answer, but not enough. Ravens come out again, probably early second half, put it up even higher of a lead, and the Steelers make it kind of interesting. And 44 is way under what I just described. So I'm taking the over. Next on the list, the 49ers are at the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks organization is under the most pressure I've ever seen, and they were – up there in my under pressure segment uh, 
uh, which we will come out with another one of those probably right before the end of the season. But uh, Russell Wilson looks like he can't grip a football, nor does he have any accuracy. And I basically just said those backwards. So he has no accuracy because he can't grip a football. He's missing high. He looks like Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. And Jimmy Garoppolo's got a weird thing where he always misses high with like every throw that he misses the target of. It's all high, all of it. Kirk Cousins does it a little bit. It's it's He's scared and or the finger is enough of a problem to cause him for it to be different. And it being different means it's not going to be right. And that's how Russell Wilson looks right now. They rushed him back because they needed him. They couldn't rely on Geno Smith. But now they're having more issues. They're having issues in at the coaching position with Pete Carroll. Does he want to be there? There's stuff coming out where maybe he's interested in these college jobs that are opening right now in, in college football, in the SEC, in the Big Ten. And now we've got their defense that's been very bad all season as a whole. Played pretty decent last week against the Washington football team, but still didn't get the victory. And they've got DK Metcalf, who was not targeted in, until the fourth quarter. Or he didn't have a catch until the fourth quarter last week. Uh, it's it's a problem. Their playmakers are either uh, their their attitude issues are either taken over. Russell Wilson can't find them, or the team itself is just overall frustrated at the fact that they're way down in the NFC. The Seahawks are actually the second worst team in the NFC. The Lions are the only team that are worse than the Seahawks right now. Think about all of the teams in the NFC right now. And the Seahawks are, they're 16 teams. They are ranked 15th in rec, in terms of record. It's absolutely insane. Now, the 49ers are going to have to figure out life, what life looks like without Debo this week. And it's going to be a little hard considering he does a lot in the backfield as well as down the field at the wide receiver position. They can plug in Brandon Ayuk. They have Jawan Jennings, who's a very good wide receiver. Big dude, runs great routes. He made an awesome catch last week against the Vikings. Jawan Jennings is good as well. They they have uh, Trent Sherfield as well. So they're pretty deep at wide receiver. Now, are they deep in terms of Debo statistics or skills? No. Uh, but you can plug and play up a few of those guys. So I, it's fine. I like it. I like the way the 49ers match up. The problem is, is I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can have this many good games in a row. And I, there's there's stuff going around the internet. There's stuff going around the blogs that I'm following about bringing Trey Lance in, doing some big packages with Trey Lance, even though he's been basically non-existent for the last month in terms of coming into football games for the Niners. But I'm not a huge fan. And every time the Niners and Seahawks play, it's a close game. It doesn't matter how bad each team is or how good each team is. Hence, the pick is in. I'm going with the Seahawks plus three and a half. Now, I know I went with the Seahawks last week and the week before and got burnt. But this is a divisional game. Russell Wilson knows he's on a hot seat. Pete Carroll knows he's on a hot seat. Jamal Adams is not worth anything that they they gave up to get him. He's not. He's a terrible safety, honestly, but I'm not going to go off on a soapbox on Jamal Adams. So the Seahawks, I'm going with the Seahawks plus three and a half, and I'm going with the under of 46 and a half. I think both defenses step up. I think both offenses struggle. And this is going to be one of those 20 to 17 games, 23 to 17 games, uh, but I don't think it gets to 46 and a half or 47, to be honest. Next on my list, the Jaguars are at the Rams. Uh, What can Jacksonville take out of this season? 
that is positive. I have no idea, to be honest with you. You had issues with Urban Meyer off the field. You've had issues with Urban Meyer on the field. Trevor Lawrence looks like his development has gone backwards. James Robinson has gotten less touches and has been more dinged up in it since he got to the Jacksonville Jaguars from the Alabama Crimson Tide a few years back. You have gotten nothing from Marvin Jones Jr. that you've, you acquired via free agency. Uh, LaVisca Chenault's development has gone backwards. Their defense is terrible. Their defense is terrible. They're bottom five in sacks, bottom five in QB pressures. They give up big plays all day. With issues at the coaching position, issues at the quarterback position, and issues on the defensive side of the football, what else do you have left to take out of this season? And I'm being honest right now. I have a few people that I know who are diehard Jacksonville fans. Not a very big market in the NFL. Not a very big market at all. But there's got to be some positivity, and I don't know if Urban Meyer is going to be there. I don't think that he's going to want to stick this out. And I've made that, that's probably the the thing that I've put into exhaustion the most since I started this, even started this podcast. I don't think Urban Myers makes it through the season. Now, he says that he's not interested in these college jobs. Yeah, until a good a good deal comes along comes along the way. And I'm thinking that that big deal may come sooner than later. So, uh, listen, I, I am 100% down for a coach to figure it out from college to the NFL. I know it's an adjustment. Adjustment. I know it's a big deal, but when you're halting the development of one of the best draft draftable players from college in Trevor Lawrence, and he looks awful, absolutely awful, even with, it's got to be his scheme because it's not like the players he's throwing to are awful. LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones Jr., DJ Chark, he got Dan Arnold, a good, pretty decent tight end. They got James Robinson. So it's not like they have no tar- – well, why is he not successful? Because Urban Meyer's scheme is bad and their offensive line is bad. And that's uh, – listen, I don't like – I don't like picking teams with big spreads, but there's – I don't know what I can do with the Jags right now. Now, on the flip side of that script, for the Rams, McVay and Stafford, this is going to be a statement game. Now, they have looked terrible the last month. They have not looked good the last month. So and and all of this stuff came out ironically enough about Stafford being injured when they were playing terrible. None of this in none of this injury news about Matt Stafford's knee, elbow, back, any of this came out when they were 5 and 0, but since they went 2 and 4 their last 6 games, now that's a huge issue. Uh, it's weird how the NFL media works, right? So, uh, this is a statement game for both of them. Sean McVay needs to prove that he didn't just get rid of Jared Goff to be as good as they were when they had Jared Goff. It's as easy as that. They gave up a they gave they don't have a first round pick till 2028. That's a long that's 7 years without a first round pick. All of them are gone. They're in win now mode and they need to win now. Or uh, unfortunately, Sean McVay might be on the wrong side of a firing. And and it's bad because he's a great coach. But the decisions were not all of the front office's decisions to get rid of all these first-round picks. If their team implodes and free agents start to leave or players start to get go under huge amounts of pissed off and just end up wanting out of, of, of L.A., they are screwed for the next almost decade. Uh, but I think Matt Stafford steps up and has a career night here. He's going to have a huge night against this Jacksonville team. So the pick is in. I trust Matt Stafford, even though he's dinged up. 
Uh, I like the Rams minus 12 and a half. I know it's a big number, and typically I never go for these big numbers. Uh, but the Jacksonville Jaguars cannot score against anyone, nor can they stop anyone. Uh, so I think this is a perfect setup for the Rams to just do what they do. Cooper Cup catches a few TDs. They run the ball pretty effectively inside the 10-yard line, uh, and they cover that 12 and a half. But I like the under here. I don't think the Jags score 10, uh, and I also don't think that the the Rams score more than 30. So uh, I like the under as well here. We've reached Sunday night football. The Broncos are at the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. This is going to be a defensive brawl on both sides of the football. Now, the Broncos defense going coming into the season expected to be this stout. Uh, they did lose Von Miller, but their defensive pass rush and their linebackers have done pretty well so far this season, not to mention their very high-caliber all-star secondary uh, with Patrick Sertan back there. Uh, I think they have Dante Jackson back there. Actually, it might be Kareem Jackson, nor Don. I get them mixed up all the time, even though they're both decent corners. But their safeties are good as well. Um, it, it's it, it's a very good secondary, and Patrick Mahomes is a very good quarterback. So very interested to see what happens there. Uh, but on the flip side, the Chiefs defense has been amazing the last month and a half. They haven't given up much of anything, uh, and with basically no-name players. Uh, Chris Jones, yeah. Uh, Tyron Matthew in the back end, yeah. But everyone else... Frank Clark's had a subpar season. They have a bunch of no-names at D-tackle that have been playing pretty well, to be honest. Very well. And they have a bunch of rookies or younger players at the linebacker position in Willie Gay uh, and Nick Bolton. Both of them very good tackle. They're tackling machines and have been basically stopping the run just them two uh, for the, every team they've played against for the past six weeks. Uh, so I think that this game, it's going to be another one of those close divisional games. I know the Broncos are hit or miss, uh, but they're the probably the worst best team in that division. Does that does that make any sense? They play even when they are at their worst, they're the best team in the division. The Broncos playing stout on defense, smart on offense. The Chargers can have their hiccups. The Chiefs prove they can have their hiccups, and the Raiders prove they can have their hiccups. But the Broncos seem like the bet the worst best team in the division. So you know what. I, I don't want to be tricked by any of these big big spreads this week. Uh, and I feel like I have a pretty good idea of how this is going to shake up, barring some sort of crazy weather thing in Arrowhead this year or in this week, which is probably going to happen now that I just jinxed it. Uh, but the pick is in. I'm going with the Broncos plus 9.5. 9 9.5 is too many points. And honestly, I would like it better if it was 10.5 uh, because it seems like a lot of teams lose by 10 exactly. But... I like the Broncos here, and I like the under a lot as well, uh, of 47.5. I don't think this gets anywhere near that. I think this is going to be a defensive game similar to the game the Chiefs played against the Cowboys. Uh, so I don't think that it gets to – I don't think it's under 30 uh, total points, but I think it's definitely under 45. So uh, I love the Broncos plus 9.5 and, and the under of 47.5. Lastly, we finally reached the most interesting game of the slate, I believe, uh, at least in terms of me. Uh, but the Patriots are at the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be a defensive game, um, but not in the way people think that it will be, if that makes sense. Both of them very, I believe they're number one and number two in terms of scoring defenses. So I think big plays on defense are going to be in this game all game long. 
Um, the Patriots have been on a run uh, basically the last two months. Mac Jones has looked like the best game manager in the in the football game uh, in the NFL, honestly, and he's a rookie. No rookie has ever been to the Super Bowl, by the way, or won a Super Bowl at that fact. But uh, I think the the defenses are gonna are gonna stand tall, and the offenses are gonna struggle. And Josh Allen's been struggling already. Uh, but Mac Jones is going to come down to earth a little bit uh, as the rookie that he is. He's going to come back down. Uh, the back end of the of the Buffalo Bills is serious, and they went out and drafted a few young kids to play D end, uh, and their pass rush is good as well. So uh, the offensive lines are going to have some some things to go through, especially early in this football game. Uh, the way Bill Belichick kind of analyzes games, uh, kind of looks at what the defense is trying to do, and then makes adjustments pretty quickly for the rest of the football game. I heard a, an awesome interview with him about how he kind of diagnoses and how he kind of comes up with game plans inter-game. Oh, my God, I used it twice in the same podcast. Awesome. Uh, within the game, how he changes up what, the way he's doing things based on what he's seeing on the op- opposing defenses. Uh, it looks awesome. Uh, he's an awesome coach. Listen, you, you might hate him. Uh, you might hate his attitude. Uh, you might hate how he handled the whole Tom Brady thing, how he talks to the media, but listen, this guy is a football genius, uh, and he's probably the best coach of all time. So uh, the problem is, is can Josh Allen snap out of it at least enough to get a W in this game? Uh, because the Colts are, are the Colts, the the Bills are favored in this game. So it was very interesting for me to pick a side on this because I don't like this the spread and I don't like the over unders, but I'm forced to pick them. So I will pick them. And the, neither of these are in the EK parlay, which we're going to go over in a, in a minute. But uh, I'm, I'm I like the Patriots plus three. And and honestly, this game is going to be a one. It's going to be a one point game either way. I like a one point game either way, and you know how I feel about that. If it's going to be within one point, I'm going to take the. The plus points all day, uh, and it's always helped me out recent as of recently, anyways. But uh, I wish it would help the parlay hit this week. That would be awesome, right? Um, but I love the Patriots plus three. However, I love the over of forty three. Now that's probably going to sound crazy, considering the Patriots have hit the under. I think the last month straight. Oh no, they haven't because they hit the over in the Browns game where they scored forty five. But uh, the Patriots have are all often undershot in terms of points and I think they're undershot in this game as well I think these teams are in the mid-20s probably with big plays on defense to get each of them one score each Uh, but it's going to be a pretty good fault game Uh, I just think that the Patriots are either going to be able to handle business like they have Bill Belichick's going to shut down the best opposing threat that uh, on the opposing team which will be Stephon Diggs uh, and they just roll the bills or uh, it's a very close game. Josh Allen figures it out. Maybe has some plays on the ground uh, to get them touchdowns or big first downs. Uh, and I think that this game goes over 43. All right, those are all the games. Uh, we have reached our EK Parlay segment where I give you six. Yes, it's another six-legger this week for the NFL. We've got to hit one of these. We've got five weeks to go. We've got to hit one of these. I'll even do them through the – I'll even do them through – the playoffs as well if we can keep obviously i'm going to keep doing the podcast but we're going to keep doing the parlays through the through the playoffs as well uh we gotta hit one of these i i'm 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 pissed that multiple times we've missed one or two um so this week 
took a look at it, took did some extra digging, did some extra thinking, uh, and I think I've got six legs for you guys this week, and I think we're going to get the victory. So we're looking at a little bit more than 45 to 1 odds for these six picks. Obviously, you would have to parlay them on DraftKings or on any other platform that you use for sports betting. Uh, but let's go. First leg of the EK parlay. Uh, which has been approved by Emmanuel Cadane himself, which is the EK part of the parlay. First leg is the Dolphins minus four and a half. Listen, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is going to be able to game manage through the Giants. I want no part of the over-under of that game, even though I would choose the under if I had to. But I think Tua manages that. The, the offense for the New York Giants is pitiful. They are awful. They needed Three interceptions last week got them 13 total points against the Eagles. It's ridiculous. Their offense can't do anything. Saquon Barkley looks lost and dinged up. Their offensive playmakers are all dinged up compared to the incompetence of Daniel Jones, who he shouldn't even be a starting quarterback. So I love the Dolphins minus four and a half in the first leg. Second leg is the Bengals minus three. The Chargers are two hit or miss. The Bengals have been playing well. They can run the football way more efficient than I thought they could, which is definitely making Joe Burrow's life Joe Burrow's life a little bit easier. Uh, and their defense has stepped up, especially in the past few weeks. So I love the Bengals minus three here at home. Next on the, the sorry, the third leg of the parlay is the Ravens Steelers over of forty four. I think Lamar Jackson comes back. Had a bad game last week in the victory against the Browns through four interceptions. I think Lamar comes out. And runs well, uh, which he hasn't done in a few weeks. He didn't do it well against the Dolphins or the Browns. So I think Lamar Jackson comes out, has a few rushing touchdowns in this game. They get up big. Steelers have an opportunity to put up some garbage time TDs, which they're probably going to do, which is why I love the over of 44. Next, the fourth leg of the parlay is the Washington football team and the Raiders under of 49 and a half. Listen, the Washington football team's defense has done well. Uh, the Raiders' defense hasn't. But the Washington football team's offense is not very good. They are not very good. They haven't been very healthy all season. McLaurin's been dinged up. Antonio Gibson's now dinged up. Curtis Samuel's been dinged up. Taylor Heineke's been managing through these injuries. Uh, but I think this game, their offense takes a little bit of a step back from average to below average, as well as the Raiders' defense that's going to step up a bit. And I think 50 points is too high. Uh, low 20s, if that. Uh, possibly maybe even the teens for this game. Uh, but I love the under of 49.5 for the fourth leg between the football team and the Raiders. The fifth leg, the Bucks and the Falcons over a 50.5. Tom Brady does not score less than 30 points often, uh, but when he does, it's within the division. So that's why I'm definitely counting on that. Matt Ryan usually has a very good game every three games. Uh, if you don't believe me, go check his stats. Uh, at once every three games, he has a relatively good game where they score at least 20 points. This is one of those opportunities. Uh, so I mentioned before when we went over, it was one of the first games we went over on the podcast, but I love the Falcons plus 11 as well. However, I like the over more, uh, which is why I put it in the parlay. Uh, I love Cordero Patterson against the deep, the the pass rush of the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think they're going to bring too many. Find Cordell Patterson on a flat route or possibly a screen route. He's going to be able to go long as well. Uh, and I think he does. He has a few big plays in this game that's going to get them some points. So I love that as the fifth leg of the parlay. The Bucks Falcons over fifty and a half. The last leg of the EK parlay is the Colts Texans over forty five. 
I mentioned it before, but I'm going to say it again. Jonathan Taylor is going to get a lot of carries in this game, but so is uh, David Johnson. Uh, they got rid of Mark Ingram. He's now a New Orleans Saint. They got rid of Philip Lindsay. They only have Rex Burkhead left, plus David Johnson. David Johnson's going to get a lot of touches in this game. The Texans are not going to drop back 50 times and throw the football in any football game, and the running back's going to be a huge way for them to score points so I may be screwed on this bet uh, but if it goes my way it's definitely going to go my way Tyrod gets into Tyrod Taylor the quarterback of the Texans gets into a situation where he can use or utilize the play action maybe find Brandon Cooks down the field possibly on a deep route plus David Johnson scoring a few rushing touchdowns wouldn't hurt which is why I love the Colts Texans over a 45 let's run through the parlay real quick again the six legs are Dolphins minus four and a half, Bengals minus three, Ravens Steelers over 44, Washington football team Raiders under 49 and a half, Bucks Falcons over 50 and a half, and Colts Texans over 45. So let's hope that they that we get a win for the parlay this week. Dedicating it to my man Emmanuel Cadane. So we gotta get one especially by the end of the season. Plus, I promised him that if we hit on the parlay named after him, I would Grubhub him food to his house. So uh, if we win it, he's definitely going to get a nice meal on uh, Sunday night uh, because I don't have the Monday night game in here. But uh, that's going to end the preview podcast for week 13. Good luck to all of the football fans, teams out there, all the listeners out there. Uh, good luck to your teams. Hope you guys get a big uh, W this week. Uh, we're starting to get right into the time where, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, we're getting to that 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 end of that season where these games are going to start getting bigger. The, the wild card races are going to start getting narrower, uh, and teams are going to start dropping like flies or coming up from the dead. So best part of the football season is right now between Thanksgiving and Christmas, even a little after Christmas as well, if your team makes the playoffs. So it's, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good uh, last month, a little more than the last month of the season. So uh, more to come on some of the new segments coming up this week. I'm uh, trying to get a uh, guest on the podcast as well for you guys. Uh, so we can vary it up. So you don't have to listen to my voice all the time. You can listen to someone else's uh, as well. I'm not going to tell you who that is, but they will be on relatively soon uh, but I appreciate it thank you so much for all the follows out there all the likes on Twitter at all in man cave pod uh, Twitter is at all in man cave pod as well as on Facebook Cole hate C-O-L-E-H-A-Y-D as in dog T as in Tom I appreciate you guys spreading the word on the podcast the shares on Facebook on social media as well as word of mouth I appreciate you guys awesome Awesome that you guys have been all for all the listeners that have listened since the beginning. Uh, I appreciate it for all the new listeners out there. Thank you as well. Um, so I will be back on Monday for the Monday recap show, as well as probably a new segment as well. I'd throw on the end of the Monday, Monday recap show. Hopefully the Vikings get a W. Hopefully all your teams win. And I'm going to go get ready for my bowling league for the championship. Uh, so until Monday, everybody. Peace.